Today on Run With Horses, we're considering why you should invest in other people. My name is Norman, and my goal is to help you run your race well, not just surviving, but thriving as a disciple of Jesus. There are a lot of things you could do with your life, but I don't think anything compares with genuinely following Jesus and joining Him on His mission of bringing hope to the nations. Thank you for including me on your journey of faith. Well, in the past few shows, we have spent some time thinking about our priorities and how we spend our lives. And really, <laughs> I don't know if you can spend too much time thinking about those issues, because really that's what life is. It's a sum of, it's the sum of all of your choices, how you spend your time, how you um, make your choices, and what you spend your time and make your choices for. So as we think about this today, I want to consider that there are a lot of things you can invest in. You know, you can invest in your education. You can invest in the stock market. You can invest in your career. Uh, you can invest in your hobbies. There are so many things that you can invest your time in. But I, I really want to challenge you as we think about our priorities, and particularly as a follower of Jesus, I don't know that there is anything more worthwhile than investing in other people. You know, there is just nothing that compares with seeing someone make real changes and seeing spiritual life change, seeing a, a pattern of behavior change, seeing someone's life uh, begin to develop and grow and reflect the character of Christ. I, I, don't, I don't think anything compares to that. And that has real value in eternity. So it's worth investing in other people. So if you want to have a life of value, a life with real purpose that makes a difference here and now, but also in eternity, then really, I suggest you look at the people around you. That's where you're going to find the greatest opportunity. You can use all of your gifts, all of your talents, all of your abilities to help the people around you grow. And I think as you do that, you will see people make real steps of change, which will be encouraging to you. But also, and we'll talk about this a little more, I think you change just as much or more than the person you're investing in. It will be life-changing for them, but it will be life-changing for you too. When you invest in someone, when you get to know them at a deep level, when you're really struggling with them to figure out what are the things that we should be doing, how, how should we be uh, investing our time and our talents, and how can we encourage each other. And you, you're partnering together with someone on a spiritual life, then you can't help but benefit from that. You're forced to get outside of your own head. And often, I think a lot of us are really stuck worrying about ourselves and our problems the, the things that are right in front of us, whether it's career, finances, uh, relationship issues with our immediate family or with neighbors or with coworkers. I mean, there's a lot of things that often distract us that make us less available to invest in others. So I think you'll benefit by intentionally considering who that you're investing in. So today I want to challenge you really you should be considering this. And then I think in the next show or two, we probably will look a little more at who you should be investing in. How do you know who's 
uh, the person that you should be investing in, but also what does that look like? When we say invest in somebody, what exactly is that? And we'll talk a little bit about that today, but not really so much. But maybe in a show or two, we'll uh, dig down a little more into what does it mean to invest in somebody? You know, our goal really at, at the core is to glorify God. And one of the ways that Paul writes about this in 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12, he says, you know, as you know, we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And that verse really gives us a lot of the information that we need as we think about what it means to invest in somebody, but also why we'd want to do that. He tells some of the how, because he's doing this. He's, he's investing in these, the people that live in Thessalonica. He's exhorting them, encouraging them, challenging them to, to do something, to live a certain way. And that's part of investing in someone. You're encouraging them to see the world as God sees it, to see the world through the lens of Scripture, to walk worthy of Christ. Understand that if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, He's given you a purpose, He's given you uh, meaning, He's given you gifts and talents, and He has a purpose in doing that. So He encouraged them, He also comforted them, and I think that's part of investing in, in someone. You know, everyone is going to have ups and downs, and even if someone's trying to do the right thing, there'll be times when they fail. There'll be times when they fall and they need to be encouraged to get up and, and be comforted and um, challenged to, to try again. So that comforting and encouraging are two sides of the same thing. You're still, you want everyone, ourselves included, to really pursue Christ. And sometimes we need comfort. Sometimes we've skinned our knee and we need to be encouraged to get up and try again. It's going to be okay. And then he charged them. And I, I like the image that Paul often uses of the family and how, uh, you know, he says there's no greater joy in knowing that my children walk in truth. Says, what a joy it is to know that your children are doing well. Well, that's true for us as a father, a mother who has children here in this world. But it's also true spiritually. And we think about our spiritual children, people that we're investing in and we're seeing them respond and walk well to really pursue Christ, how encouraging that is. So as he's challenging the people in Thessalonica, it's like a father does his children. He is exhorting them, hey, keep going, try, do the right thing. He's comforting them. It's going to be all right. God is in control. Remember who God is and who you place your, your faith and trust in. And then he's charging them, hey, remember your calling. Walk worthy of God. Remember who called you. And he's called you into his kingdom that he's in control of and his glory. And he allows us to share in this partnership, in this family with him. And he's reminded them who they are, who they are in Christ. And I love that image of the father and the children. That's one of the ways that we invest in people is consider how to lovingly encourage them to go forward, not doing everything for them, Often, and there are parents who do poorly, they don't really prepare their children for adulthood. But that, that's not really our goal. You know, as a parent, my goal has always been to prepare my children to go out on their own, 
to be able to walk without me, to be able to accomplish things in life without their parents there, to make good decisions, to make healthy choices in their exercise and food, to make healthy choices spiritually and be able to choose a good church and to be able to encourage and help and disciple other people. My goal has been to prepare them to be mature followers of Jesus. Well, that should be all of our goal for all the people that we're investing in, not just our own children. My goal is for everyone that I have an opportunity to get to know to encourage them to be healthy followers of Jesus. And that's really what it means to invest in them, to consider how do I do that? Everyone's different. It's going to look different from person A to person B. They will need different things. They will need something different from me. And I want to consider how can I be what they need right now to take that next step. So, you know, we've been thinking about our priorities and how we spend our time. I really do believe when we get to the end of our life and we consider, how have I spent it? What, what have I done with my life? And we consider right now my priorities as a follower of Jesus. I, I think when we consider our values, when we consider what Jesus valued, how much he valued people, then I really do believe that our values, our priorities will best be represented by encouraging and investing in other people. It, it's really genuinely worth whatever it takes. So what does it mean? Well, we looked at Paul a little bit and said he did several things, exhorted, comforted, and charged them as a father does his children. So there's several things. You know, he's encouraging and comforting and challenging. He's in challenging to put effort into walking worthy, to in living an intentional life of following Christ. And that requires different things for different people depending on where they are. So it's not just, hey, do your best. <laughs> Be encouraged. Do well. But he challenged him for something specific. Walk worthy. What does it mean to be worthy? You, you reflect on God. He has called you to something that is greater than yourself. So it's worth the effort. Walk as if you understood the value of what God has offered you. He's offered you a place in his family. He's offered you a place in his mission. Live as if you understood what that means, if you understood the value of that. We need to understand that. It's part of why we spend our time in God's Word, why we spend our time understanding who God is and what he's done in this ministry of reconciliation. Understand, man, there's really never been any project done on the earth that was more valuable, more important than this one. So live like that's true. I think that's what it means to walk worthy. We recognize God is called, Thessalonians, he called, to us as well. He's called us to something great. He challenges, Paul challenges, the Thessalonians to actually apply real effort to pursue this great calling that, that God has given us. Well, God has called you into his kingdom. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. He is relating to you as a father relates to his children as he invites you to take part in his ministry. It's that a great work where the father has built the business and he's passing it to his children and inviting them to work with him in accomplishing this great purpose. Well, let's walk worthy of that. It's just amazing that God would allow us to be part of this work that he's doing. But he doesn't just allow us. He really joyfully invites us in and gives us responsibility and gives us opportunity to make a real difference in people's lives. Now, 
hand in hand with that, we always need to understand God doesn't actually need you. He doesn't need me to do something for him. He will accomplish it without me if I'm not willing, but I miss the blessing. But he invites me in, and I do get the blessing if I joyfully partake. So later on in, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes in chapter 5, verse 11, he says, Therefore comfort each other, that's that word again, comfort, that's part of this, and edify one another. Well, this edify has the idea of, of build up, strengthen. And he says, just as you are also doing. So he recognizes you're doing this at some level. Keep on. Strive to do it better. He again repeats the idea that we need to be comforting each other. That's always going to be part of any following of Christ in this world. There are going to be bumps. There are going to be bruises. There are going to be difficulties as we follow Christ. So we're going to need to comfort each other. We're going to need to um, walk alongside each other and help. But we want to build each other up, edify each other. We want to invest in other people so that they reach maturity. And I think that's how we reach maturity. So when we think about edifying one another, we're all part of this. When I seek to help you grow, I, I think I'm going to grow. If you come alongside me and you're trying to help me grow, I think that you grow through that. Uh, we will both be built up as we try to help each other. So the end result of, of us really investing in each other, investing in this relationship, is that we're all stronger than we were yesterday. And today we reflect Christ a little more in our relationship, in our personal walk. And this is that vision that Jesus had for the church, that Paul has for the church, that the people that Paul's working with, that they grow, that they mature, and that they become more like Jesus. When we consider the people around us, and we're asking that question, why should I invest in them? Well, Jesus called them to be like him. He called them to Christ's likeness. He called them to pursue righteousness and holiness. And we do that better when we do it together. So the writer in Hebrews Chapter 3, 12, and 13 says something similar. It says, Beware lest there be any of you with an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Be careful that you don't get pulled away by your own desires, by unbelief, by the distraction of the world. So instead of being pulled away, it says, Exhort one another daily. We need to, every day, look for opportunities to build up the church. And every day brings new challenges. We recognize that. I am not going to have a day in my life when I can coast. That's just not the way life is. It's, it's short, and there are distractions every single day. There's the, the challenge of selfishness every single day. There's the challenge of pursuing my own ends every single day. There are so many things going on, so many directions that we could be pulled. It's just easy to be pulled away. So we are to exhort each other, to encourage each other, to help to motivate each other daily. <laughs> I think that idea of daily is really important. You really need the encouragement, the help, the prayers of God's family every day. And I know that the family is not perfect. We're going to struggle. We're going to have uh, tensions and we're going to have times when we don't get along well. But even that's part of building each other up as we strive together to overcome our own selfish nature and overcome someone else's offense. Well, we're forced to grow. So every day, look for opportunities 
to encourage and challenge, build up, edify people around you. This is why it's called today. As long as God has given us the opportunity, then let's, let's try to serve each other. Let's try to build each other up. Let's try to encourage each other. And we do live in a world where really everything in life pulls us away. So this is so important. We all have the distractions. We all have days we're going to do poorly. We have days where you have an opportunity to help somebody, but you don't think about it because you're too worried about yourself. Well, we need this community to remind us why we're here, what we're doing. It's going to be easy for us to be distracted for by ourselves if we're just relying on our own energy and our own focus to do well. Now, one of my favorite passages, and I think a lot of people love this, Proverbs 27, 17. Very, very familiar. <laughs> As iron sharpens iron, so uh, one man sharpens a countenance of his friend. Well, you know, you have, uh, think of an axe that is sharpened. What happens when an axe is sharpened? It's a more useful tool. The axe can do its job better when it's sharp. A dull axe can still cut some things. I mean, I've had to use a dull axe before. It's hard, but you can still cut some things down. But a sharp axe, I mean, a sharp axe does the job with so much less effort. It's a thing of beauty when it's sharp and it's in the hands of someone who knows how to use it. Well, Proverbs 27, 17 tells us that just like that axe is sharpened, two people sharpen each other. We help each other be more fitting vessels, more useful tools in the master's hands. We invest each other. We serve each other. Uh, we, we need each other because we contribute. We intentionally put in the effort, and it takes effort. If, you, if you've ever had to sharpen a tool, uh, it takes some effort to do that. It takes some time to do that, but it's time well spent. So the effort that we put in to build each other up is time well spent. When we sharpen each other, we are doing what biblical friends do. Uh, a sharp axe works better. A mature disciple serves better. That's our goal, to help each other become sharper tools, better disciples, better disciple makers. And think about, when you think about why I'm encouraging you to be investing in other people, well, what does it mean to not invest in other people? What's the opposite of that? It's probably selfishness, if you think about it. I have two choices. I'm working towards something. You know, I'm spending my time, I'm spending my energy, my effort for something. Well, what am I spending my time, my energy, my effort on? How am I using that? Well, it's, it's either going to be on myself or something outside myself. Well, I believe life is much more meaningful when we invest it in someone else. I think that's where the greatest joy is. You know, I think the greatest satisfaction in life comes from helping someone else mature and seeing them make real changes to, to grow. You know, we're not seeking our own good. We're seeking the good of someone else. We're putting someone else above ourselves. 
And when you see that, there's joy there. there there's excitement there. Look at what they did. It's, it's kind of like going back to the idea of the father and the children. When you see your child take their first steps, like, yes, that's great. You love that. That's so exciting that your child is developing, as they're supposed to, into this mobile little person. As you send them off to school, again, it's a time to rejoice. Hey, they're progressing. They're, they're going the direction they're supposed to go. And all of these steps along the way of physical maturity, you celebrate each step as it happens. I think we should be doing that spiritually. We rejoice that people grow as they should. We rejoice that people are maturing as they should. That energy that we invest in others, I think, you know, you're going to be investing energy in something, but the energy we put into ourselves often exhausts us. When you focus on yourself and just try to accomplish your own goals, a lot of times, I think you find out you're just exhausted by that. It doesn't rejuvenate you. But when you invest in someone else and you see them grow and mature, often that is just invigorating to to see them grow. You know, our own issues, when we think about my own life and I'm trying to invest energy into solving my own problems, the problem becomes so big, I just can't see anything except my problem. But when I'm trying to help someone else, I'm outside of their problem. So I can see their problem, and I can see them, and I can see God. And a lot of times, it's that outside view that is helpful in examining the problem, saying, hey, maybe this problem is not quite as big as you're making it out to be. You're too close to it. I can do that for someone else. And the awesome thing is, I can receive that from someone else. I can have someone tell me, hey, you know what? You're, you're freaking out over this, this issue, but it, it's not as big as you're making it out to be. It's God's still in control. God's still there. You, you may see this problem and go, I, I don't see any way around this. But that person who is outside of the problem can come alongside you and say, yeah, but God's there. God's, God's doing something. I, I, I believe God's going to use this. And sometimes it's that encouragement is enough for us to step back and go, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I, I wasn't thinking about that. I, I know God's there. I mean, I, I know that. But in the middle of any issue, it's easy to forget. It's one reason why we are challenged over and over again in Scripture to remind each other. It's easy to forget when you face the challenges of today that God is still there. The problem may look big, but it's not as big as God. The problem may look insurmountable, but God's, God's a God of miracles. He does great things, and He's able to use even those horrible things, the things that are are terrible, that are painful, that we go, well, I never want to go through that again. God is able to use those things to grow us, to change our, our attitude, to change our faith. When we go through those well, God is able to use our testimony to influence other people. Uh, those things end up being really awesome opportunities for God to show His sovereignty, to show His holiness, to show how He does fulfill Romans 8.28, and he does things that ultimately will result in us being more like Christ. So we need each other. We need to be able to look at each other's situation and be willing to contribute, be willing to say, well, sometimes I only know how to pray. I don't know what else I can do, but I can pray for you. Sometimes that's all that we can do. 
And when we're the one that needs help, sometimes the only thing that someone else can do is pray for us. And that's great, too. We need that. Absolutely. We need that prayer. So we need each other. It's worth the time that we spend investing in each other. So we've spent a couple of shows and we're thinking about priorities, about real value. And for me, as I think about going through life and there's a certain amount of busyness that everyone has, you're going to do something. I mean, <laughs> there's the joke that we're, are we human beings or human doings? <laughs> we're, we're always doing something. And that's true. And I think it's also true, and I even say, you know, I, it is true that you need to focus on being the right person. Uh, that is incredibly important. You really need to focus on being the right person. But even as that's true, it's also important to think about what we do, how we spend our time, how we spend our energy. And investing in other people is part of that. We are all going to have to have some way of providing for our family. You know, you need uh, food and shelter. You need a way to provide for your family. So work is part of that. It, there are things that we do that we might not enjoy doing. That's part of life. But we also, almost all of us, have some leeway to make choices. How much time do you give to work? You know, an average American gives more than they need to. Well, that might be changing, but in the past, it definitely was true. And there's still a lot of people who are that way. They see success as climbing the corporate ladder or investing in their career. So they invest way more than that career's worth when you look at it from the standpoint of eternity. Other people don't invest enough in those things. They don't recognize that we need to be responsible. We need to uh, consider that you know, the Bible tells us if a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. So we do need to invest in those things. It is true. We need to give effort into being uh, responsible. Part of being responsible for ourselves, responsible for our family, is considering how we're also responsible for other people. You know, I want to I work. I want to be able to provide for my family. I also want to be able to have a little extra so I can help other people. I want to be able to invest financially in someone else when they need a hand. Uh, but not just financially. I don't want to be able to just give money and then forget about it and not think about anything else. I, I need to consider how can I serve them with my time? How can I pray for them more? Uh, how can I come alongside them and help in a practical way? What are the investments in resources that are not just financial, that are easy to give away and forget about it, but how can I invest myself in this other person? That's a lot of what I'm thinking about when I consider investing in other people. There are people who need your finances, who need practical resources. Certainly that's valuable and we should look for opportunities to do that. But I think the most common thing people need in the world today is you. They need your relationship. They need your love. They need your real concern and care. They need you to listen. All of that's part of being a disciple maker and investing in others. Well, thanks for joining me today. Check out runwithhorses.net for show notes, past shows. Write me at norman at runwithhorses.net 
If you have any comments or questions, join our Facebook page, send questions there, and tell a friend if you found this show interesting, encouraging, 